0: So, this morning, I have the very, very great privilege of not necessarily introducing to all of us, because uh, many of us know who they are, but maybe for some of you, you've never met Dr. John and Ann Bosman. Dr. John and Ann, they're not guests, and they're more than just friends. They have been very key and instrumental voices into the lives. Of Bishop Thomas and Pastor Kathy they have been key and instrumental voices into the lives of many that uh, are part of Victory Christian Center and they have been and have become even more so a mom and dad in my life and in Deidre's life dr. John and Ann have been pastors they've pastored incredible and have grown incredible churches they hail all the way from south africa they're making their way here from their present home in dallas they are authors they are conference speakers they travel the world they travel the united states they're here today to bring a word from god for us today we love them dearly we're so glad that they've come this weekend to join us can we welcome Give them a strong Victory Christian Center welcome. Dr. John and Ann Bosman, let's welcome them this morning. We love you. Welcome, welcome, welcome.
1: Good morning, VCC. And as I said in the first service, this is homecoming for us. Every time we come here, we are delighted to share the day with you and expecting to see what God will always do for us. Because you see, it is in Him that I live, that I move, and that I have my being. Because His, lamp, His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And that's what it will be forever. I'm reminded of Galatians 5.22 where we read about the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. And all those beautiful, beautiful parts of the fruit of the spirit. Well, that's the spiritual fruit lives within us. Because we, these bodies, is the habitation, my body, your body, is the habitation of the Holy Spirit. And what happens in our lives when we allow the fruit of the Spirit to live within our lives, we become His hand extended. When somebody is in need of love, we just reach down through the power of the Holy Spirit, gets a hold of the segment of love and extend love, peace, joy, happiness, whatever is needed, we become His hand extended. But then the Apostle Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and he says, we are fragile jars of clay. But we have within these jars of clay, we have the very power of God that has been poured into us by the Holy Spirit of miracle working power, of great faith, of the word of the prophetic, of the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom. Because you see, what has the Spirit, that powerful Spirit within us, is the Word of God. Because the Word of God is our prophetic word from God Himself. And so when we live up to the Word, we use whatever He has poured within us and deposited within us. We use it for His glory. Then in John chapter 12, we see that Mary came in and she opened up a beautiful bottle, an alabaster box, with very expensive ointment, with a beautiful fragrance, and she pulled it over the feet of Jesus and dried his feet with her hair. And the entire room where she was and where Jesus was and those that were with him, they experienced that the fragrance filled the entire room. And this morning, I'm just thinking, she was known to have been in the presence of Jesus because of the sweet fragrance that filled the room. And I'm just thinking, as we take that which has been deposited by the power of God, the Holy Spirit, into our lives, and we use it, will we not also be known by people that we have been in the presence of the Master? Because we will become carriers of the beautiful fragrance. The rose of Sharon, so that when we walk by people and we see the need, sometimes we'll have to say something, sometimes we'll have to take action, but sometimes just the very presence that oozes out of us, just the very fragrance that surrounds us because we're surrounded by Him, may do. And bring forth the miracle that is needed at that time. May God help us. May he anoint you for ministry like never before. So that you too and all of us can become known as men and women. That are walking in the presence of God daily. Because daily we are carrying the beautiful fragrance of the rose of Sharon with us into a lost and dying world. God help us, be gracious unto us that we will use that which he has put within us for his glory and his honor as we await his coming back to us again. God bless you.
2: Bless the Lord. Our God is a good God. Our God is a mighty God. Our God is an awesome God. He's an unfailing God. He's an unchanging God. He's an ever present God. There is no God like our God. There never has been. There never will be. He is the great I am, He is the creator. He is the mighty God. He holds everything in His hands. He is the one that spoke everything into existence. He is my strength. He is my power. He's my life. I can rely upon Him. He's my strength, he's my sword, he's my shield, he's my butler, he's my hiding place, he's my strong tower, he's my ever-present God. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is walking with me. When I make my residence in the among the stars, God is there. Wherever I am, He is. He is the great God. He is my God. He's the one that strengthens me. He's the one that upholds me. He preserves me. He sustains me. There is no God like my God your Bible says in the beginning God but before the beginning was God was already there because God didn't begin when the beginning began he began the beginning he didn't start when start God started he started start him he's the great God he is the mighty God he's my father he's my closeness he's my protection He's my power, he's my provider, he's my peace, he's my holiness, he's my righteousness, he's my healer, he's my sanctifier. It's in him that I live and move and have my being. He's my soul savior, He is my righteousness, he's my strength in every day. Why should I worry or fret if I know that God is with me, of whom shall I be afraid? God is for me. I know that I am more than a conqueror. I know that greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. So, how about giving Him a shout of praise? Come on, is that the best praise you have for Him? Give him a shout of praise today. Hallelujah. Come on, just let, let's give him one more shout of praise. Please be seated for a while. I believe that there is some power in this house this morning. And it is so great to be back with you again here at Victory. Always feels like coming home. And now that one, one of our spiritual sons and daughters are the lead pastors here, it even feels more like coming home. And we are, we are so delighted that God chose pastors Juan and Deidre to be the pastors here at Victory. Amen. We have great, great confidence in them. We, we absolutely do. I, I believe in them. Known them probably for 15 plus years. Uh, when we met them at first, they were leading Masters Commission. But right from the beginning, we could see the hand of God upon their lives. And here we are. They have become the lead pastor at Coatesville. God bless you. We love you dearly. Amen. I just want to say hold on to them. Let me try their side. I said, hold on to them. Let let me give you another shot. Hold on to them. Because there are many churches across this nation that would love for them to be their pastor. But God has chosen them to be here. Therefore, the way that you hold on to them is to support them, love them, And most of all, pray for them. And God will bless you abundantly. Amen. Every year uh, I go back to South Africa and we do large leadership conferences in different places in the nation. And it's making a huge impact, unbelievably so. And uh, I usually take three... Guest speakers with me, uh, speakers that I believe have a voice and a power and an anointing and ability to be part of my teaching team in these large conferences. And I'm happy that I can tell you this morning that Pastor Juan is going to be one of my outstanding speakers this year in South Africa. And when it gets closer to the time, it will be in September. Uh, then pray for them, support them, and let's believe that God is going to use Pastor Juan in a most powerful way. I know he will. Amen. Praise God. I, uh, I was delighted also to meet this morning uh, Evangelist Richard Meredith. Uh, there really he is. A great man of God. It's amazing how how God brings people together at the right place at the right time. And we thank God for the body of Christ. Now, Heavenly Father, I ask that in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit for these next few moments to become life-changing moments. Speak to us through your word. Speak to us through the Holy Spirit and be magnified in Jesus' name. Amen. Years ago, we used to sing a song that said something like, something good is going to happen to you. And so this morning, I want to say to you through the Word of God, I believe... That something good is going to happen to you. Because I have something very exciting to share with you. A very well-known portion of Scripture is going to be the basis of a message this morning. And it is found in the Old Testament in the book of Ezekiel chapter 37. And I'm going to use the New Living Translation. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and read all 14 verses, but I promise you I will reference each one of them as we unfold the message this morning. I believe the revelation that I have to share with you this morning will break open some bondages and release you to retain what God has given to you. It has been a revelation that has stirred very deeply in my spirit and has helped me to pray into breakthrough realms. And as we proceed, I want us to look at the background of Ezekiel 37. Israel was in neglected and hopeless condition and in, and once again in captivity. She seemed irrevocably lost. As a nation, Israel was as one dead. The entire scene of Ezekiel 37 describes something that was once upon a time alive, but had since died. It's in these dreadful circumstances that God revealed a very powerful vision to Ezekiel. In verse number 1 begins by saying, "The Lord took a hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones." I just want to emphasize the bones were not skeletons it were not organized bones it were bone he led me all around verse 2 says among the bones that covered the valley floor they were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out verse 3 then he asked me son of man can these bones become living people again? Now there are a few things that I just want to emphasize real quickly. And this is number one. Not only were these bones, but they were scattered all across the valley floor. But also I want you to notice that they were not created to be bones they were living human beings at one point in time. So when he sees this horrendous vision, it disturbs Ezekiel very much. Because when you look at this scenario, you cannot help but detect complete discouragement and dismay. But God had... A purpose concerning Israel. Because what Ezekiel was looking at. Was in fact a vision. That was referring to the nation of Israel. But God, our God is a God of life and restitution. And he intended to exercise His divine power on Israel's behalf. The dead should be revived. The lost should be found. Broken things should be restored. And the spirit of God should be released. Because we declare that our God is a creator. He makes dead things come alive. Wherever there is death and God shows up, the dead things are going to come alive. Referencing again verse 3, son of man, can these bones become living people again? So this question statement lets us know that these bones were previously real People, they were not created to be bones, they were people at one point in time that have died and have become dead, dry bones. But they at one point in time as living human beings had a purpose, they had value, they were treasured, they had meaning. They were not just bones. They were human beings that had a reason for being. And these verses obviously describe to us, ladies and gentlemen, please listen to this. These verses obviously describe to us the remains of human bodies. Obviously. But in this message this morning, I want you to see the Valley of Dry Bones as a metaphor of your unfulfilled prophecies, your unfulfilled promises and revelations. Those dreams and visions That were once upon a time alive in your spirit, but now have died. Prophecies, promises, dreams, visions, revelations that had Purpose and meaning at some point in time. But now they've died. We have all at some point in time received a prophetic word or we've received a promise that we accepted as being from God not mere opinions of other people. Now, I want to be the first one to say and acknowledge that sometimes prophetic words are spoken and you wonder if that could be God. But I need to tell you in my own life that I know that there have been prophecies spoken to me That I knew beyond the shadow of any doubt that it was God. There was a time when these revelations were alive. When these prophecies had meaning when these promises brought life to your spirit. But after time, when they didn't come to pass speedily, they cooled off and then proverbially dropped lifeless into a valley with many other dead dreams, visions, and prophecies. And I need to say that many times the enemy of your soul is the one that will rob the promises of God from your life and steal from you the promises, the revelations and the prophecies so that you can doubt the word of God, so that you can doubt the gifts of the Holy Spirit question the prophetic question the gifts and question God himself and make your faith numb and make your sharpness disappear because he doesn't want you to be what God wants you to be, an instrument in his hands but I declare unto you today that I believe that God has given us a revelation through this word so that that can be broken and we can be set free and our promises and prophecies can come alive to the glory of God again. Today you look across your own personal spiritual valley and all you see is hopelessness and defeat. You wonder what happened to all the prophecies you've received, all the promises out of God's Word and now they no longer seem to have life anymore. Sometimes it goes like this. We we read the Word of God and when we read the Word of God, it's the Logos, it's the printed, it's the written Word of God. And we read the logos we read the written word the printed word and I hope we all do that every day and we do so that we can get the word of God on our inside and get it into our spirit but sometimes it happens like this as we read the logos as we read the word suddenly it seems like one verse or one phrase is just illuminated almost like it jumps off the page of the book and what has just happened. This is what happened. The Logos has become a Rhema. What is Rhema? It is the, the revealed Word of God. I've written, I've read the Logos, but the Holy Spirit got in step with my reading and changed the Logos into Rhema and made it the revealed Word. And when that became a revealed Word, we took a hold of that promise and we said, That is my promise from God. I know down deep on my inside that's my verse that's my promise that's my revelation and I don't know if it's like that with you but many times when God has given me a revelation like that out of his word I take ownership of that scripture and when somebody else quotes that I want to say hey you can't use that that's my scripture it belongs to me why it's become a revelation to me it's become a rhema word to me and those are the things that God uses to speak to us but the enemy comes and steals the word from us and these unfortunate experiences have brought death to our expectations and dampened our faith in the divine revelation. I want to ask you as you look at your own personal valley I want to ask you the question that God asked Ezekiel and I'm going to read it that's verse 3 in the context of our message can these prophecies come alive again Can these promises come alive again? Can these dead dreams and visions come alive again? Verse 4 says, Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones! Prophecies. Promises. Visions. Dreams. Revelations. Listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look. I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. This morning, we're going to go to the enemy's camp and we're going to take back What the enemy has stolen from us. We are not defeated. We are not going under. We are going over. We are more than conquerors. So Ezekiel obeyed the command of the Lord. In verse 7 it says. So... Looking at all these dead bones, looking at all these dead dreams and visions. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. suddenly. No, no, you can do better than that. Say it out loud, say suddenly. suddenly. I love that word, suddenly. Because when God works, he works suddenly. Suddenly, as I spoke, everybody say, Spoke. Spoke. Say louder. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together. The bones of each body. ...came together... ...and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Now don't miss this. Ezekiel spoke and as he spoke... ...suddenly there was a rattling noise... ...and the bones of each body started moving. But what was happening is that these bones were scattered as we read in the beginning they were not connected they were just loose bones but as the word of God was spoken every bone started getting life and started moving and did not attach itself to any bone but it was looking for the body it originally belonged to it was not just any bone to any body. It says they found each body. So every bone made its way to the body it belonged to. The foot bone connected to the foot bone, and the leg bone connected to the leg bone, and the knee bone to the knee bone, and the hip bone to the hip bone, and the backbone to the backbone, and the neck bone to the neck bone, and the head bone to the head bone. Thank God the toe bone didn't connect with the nose bone. Thank God that every part came together. Everything moved together because our God is a God of order. Our God is a God of restoration. He's a God of perfection. He brings together what needs to be together. He sees to it that everything will function in the order that it was created. And to you and me it says this, that you may look at your valley And you look at the dreams and the visions and the prophecies and the promises. And it may all look so messed up. You may even say, dear God, I can't even remember them all. But the God who spoke them to you knows about every bone. And he's going to make sure... That out of your mess will come a message. And everything will get together as God intended it to be together. Because our God is a God of perfect restoration. And when God restores, he multiplies. And God speaks a word. And it brings life. But there's something else that I don't want you to miss. And that's very important this morning. Is it suddenly as I spoke. Now these bones we already know were lying lifeless. Just waiting for someone to give them a command. For someone to speak to them. So I'm saying to you this morning. Your dead dreams and visions. Your prophecies. Your promises are simply waiting for your command. They're waiting for you to speak. They're waiting for you to speak the word of God. They're waiting for you to speak life. They're waiting for you to give them a command. And when you give them a command by the authority of Jesus Christ, things are going to become real in your life. And breakthrough will be coming to your life. So what we have to do today is not think and hope and wish and cry and groan but rise up in the name of Jesus take the authority of the word of God and begin to speak and begin to prophesy and say hear the word of the Lord verse number 8 says Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, the skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. So please listen to me when I say that we we need to prophesy over our dead prophecies, but we need more than just words. We need the breath of God to blow over us again. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. The anointing that destroys every yoke of death and bondage. And I believe that's what's going to happen here this morning. But I need to say this to you. It is time for the church to return to the fullness of the anointing and the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. And once again, Begin to concentrate on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because that is the dunamis. That is the power. And we simply cannot do ministry without the power of the Holy Spirit. We simply cannot build a church without the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot win souls without the power of the Holy Spirit. We desperately need a fresh encounter with God. In verse 7 we read that Ezekiel was commanded to prophesy. And then as we come to verse number 9, he's told to prophesy a second time. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds. Which means prophesy to the spirit, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. Breathe into these dead prophecies. Breathe into these dead promises. So they may live again. So Ezekiel was instructed to prophesy again. And here is my direct interpretation of verse number 9. When the Lord tells him to prophesy again. God instructs him to prophesy second time. Over what he had already prophesied before. The message that I'm bringing to you this morning is this. Prophesy to your prophecies. Prophesy to your prophecies. Prophesy to your promises. Prophesy to your dreams and visions. Things that God has given to you, but they don't seem to break through. Don't let them die. Prophesy to them. Speak life into them. If God has shown you, and I'm sure he has, that your unsaved children are going to be saved, then prophesy to them. Prophesy to your unsaved family. Prophesy to your finances prophesy to your marriage prophesy to your destiny prophesy to your future prophesy to your ministry prophesy in the name of jesus command them to come alive and call in the breath of the holy spirit to bring life to them i need to hurry and i need to close When I say without the breath of the Holy Spirit, our words will fall short. But I want to say to you today that God has brought us together so that you and I and us together can experience a prophetic moment of great breakthrough in our lives, in our families, and in our destinies to the glory of God. Please listen to me as I bring this plane in for a landing. That when God says something, He means what He says. Words have meaning. Words mean things. And if God has spoken something to you, He spoke it to you with a reason and with a purpose. And Isaiah 55 verse 11 says so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth it shall not return unto me void but it shall accomplish that which i please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto i sent it if God has spoken It shall be Isaiah 43:26 says remind me it says put me in remembrance Not that God will forget but we forget and we have missed so many breakthroughs because we have let them go and die. Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and he will not do? Or has he spoken And will he not make it good? Friend, if God has given you a promise, you can go to the bank on it. If God has given you a prophetic word, and you know it's from God, you can know it shall happen. I'm here to say to you, The time for weeping is over. The time for rejoicing has come. The time for breakthrough has come. The time to take back what the enemy has stolen has come. And we're going to claim back what we have lost. And I just wonder in these closing moments of the service. I get ready to help you pray. I wonder how many people are here listening to me right now. You have unsaved children or unsaved grandchildren. Can I see your hand way high? All right, thank you. Did I say grandchildren and children? This amazed me in the first service, but I'm going to ask this. How many of you here have unsaved parents, unsaved mom or dad? Can I see your hand way high? Wow. Thank you. How many of you have unsaved family other than children and grandchildren and parents? Wow. Look at that. I'm going to ask you to do something that most pastors will not ask you to do. I, I, I think Pastor Juan would do it if that's what he wanted to do. He'll do it. I know. He's a, he's a great guy. Courage. Rest. I'm going to ask you to take out your phone, will you? Get your phone or your iPad if you have your iPad instead of a phone. Please don't go to Facebook, <laughs> or your favorite games, or whatever. This is what I want you to do. If you have unsaved children, I want you to find that picture of that unsaved child or children. Find them quickly. Scroll through. Unsaved grandchildren or unsaved parents. If you have pictures of your unsaved family, will you find them quickly, please? This is very important. This is going to be your point of contact. Because this morning, we're not only going to hear the word. We're going to do the word. We're going to put it into action. We're going to put it into action. All right, I'm I'm going to keep on talking for 30 more seconds.